0: what's up everybody welcome back to clutch crew sports no do not change your dial do not click off this video you are at the correct place you're used to hearing zach first but zach is actually not here today this is the first episode he's not been in it's what? Al- yeah i know it's almost like kind of weird this is my first time actually doing the intro so uh, this is your boy, Eric, here. You can find me on Twitter at Clutch Crew Sport. And then yeah, there's no S in there, too many characters. But, yeah, you can find me at Clutch Crew Sport. And then I've got my cousin Connor with me. You can find Yo. him on Twitter at Mr. Dog
1: 54. Connor, how are you doing tonight? I'm not too bad, man. I'm keeping an eye on this uh, duke Stephen F. Austin game right now.
0: Yes, we are. we are recording this on Tuesday... Evening right now, and Duke and Stephen F. Austin are going into overtime here. This would be a huge upset if Stephen F. Austin is able to pull this out. So represent the great state of Texas, SF Austin. <laughs> Come on, we believe in you. So I'm also ahead.
1: a UNC. I'm also a UNC fan. So someone
0: yeah, Connor, needs to. Be
1: Duke. <laughs> Connor hates
0: Duke like more than pretty much anything in the world. So we'll be keeping a close eye on this. We'll probably provide you some updates as the overtime gets going. But anyway, also before we get started too, we got Thanksgiving coming up. I know this episode's going to come out on Friday, so it'll be the day after Thanksgiving. But obviously for us, we're recording this before Thanksgiving. Connor, what are you doing for the big holiday? What have you got planned?
1: I'm actually going to be driving to Knoxville to see Eric and I's grandmother, so I'm not sure if our, I'm guessing my mom and stepdad are going to drive up there, too, and I'm guessing our Uncle Mike's going to show up as well, so that's going to uh, be he, my Thanksgiving. They, they, so Uncle Mike better show up. They live, like, five
0: minutes from, <laughs> uh, from, from, from our grandparents, so yeah, they, they better be there, <laughs> unless they're doing something with, like, Aunt Renee's family, like, unless they're doing something like that, but But if they're not, then yeah, they they better be there. But yeah, for me, uh, Susan and I, uh, the restaurant that I work at is pretty cool. They've given everybody free turkeys the last couple of years. So we didn't have to buy a turkey again. And we're going to, you know, cook that. We got some interesting plans there and not going to do too much because it's just the two of us. We didn't get like outrageous or anything, but we're excited to spend the day together and I'm sure we'll be keeping in contact with other family. And if you're watching this, obviously, like I said, it'll be, you know, this is coming out after Thanksgiving, but you know, drop a comment, let us know, you know, let us know what you did for Thanksgiving. We'd love to hear what y'all did. So uh, with that being said, we're going to get started in the episode here. So this is our weekly topic episode and I will be, I'm going to be breaking down. I mean, not really breaking down, but just talking about Jalen Ramsey's post-game antics. I've talked about Jalen Ramsey a good amount on this podcast, but he just keeps giving material. So I'm <laughs> um, going talk you, about Jaylen. this uh, so-called heated confrontation between him and Marcus Peters after the game last night. I'll also be talking about some NBA stuff. Our, most surprising team most disappointing team and what we've gotten right and wrong in our predictions so far I wanted to wait a little bit I saw some people doing this like just a few games into the season but I felt like it was way too early so I wanted to wait a little bit now things are kind of showing themselves a little more and then Connor you got a couple of college football topics as well that I'll let you introduce real quick before we get started
1: yeah so I'm going to be (laughs) discussing Since it is time, you know, that time of year where the CFP is being selected, I'm going to talk about some of the controversies that have been around the selections and possibly expanding the college football playoff to include some other teams. Uh, And also, I'm going to discuss the notion of there being this sort of system, so to speak, in college football, kind of similar to the Premier League, where teams can move up conferences and pops possibly move up divisions so like move up from FCS to FBS on a more regular basis and also some of the teams that are struggling in the major conferences you know go back down to lower conferences and teams that are doing really good in the lower conferences get a chance to go up and compete against the big boys
0: yeah the, out of all the topics we're going to talk about that one definitely is the most fascinating to me. So I'm definitely going to be looking forward to hearing Connor break that down. Quick update here. Uh, looks like the oh. game is still tied 83, 83 with 114 left in the game. So really curious to see how that plays out. And then just finally too, before we get into the topics, I'm going to give an update on September. I'm still in the lead with 32. I did get another subscriber today. So I went from 31 to 32. Zach has moved up to 16. Nate has six. Connor is still stuck at one.
1: But,
0: <laughs> you know, there's still time to turn it around. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, it's kind my, my of, guess kind what Connor, of hard when what I've, what had, I've had to spend my whole day writing a 16-page uh, paper. <laughs>
0: yeah, 16-page paper.
1: <laughs>
0: no, obviously uh, college is more important than trying to gain subscribers. So I'm totally understanding of that. If the rate keeps going like this, though, I will be the one getting to do the roast. So I'm, I've been, you know, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but since I am in the lead, I have been, you know, trying to come up with some material. But we'll see if Zach or Nate or Connor can make a late comeback and knock me off my throne, and then me get roasted instead. So, but as I mentioned in the like first episode where we talked about this, I am really wanting to avoid that roast. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So, with that being said, we're going to get into it here. So, after the game between the Rams and the Ravens yesterday, there was a a supposedly heated conflict with Jalen Ramsey and Marcus Peters after the game. And just to give you a little backstory on this, if you don't know so, Marcus Peters was a DB for the Rams going into the season. And he had actually struggled a little bit last year, but he was having a pretty solid season with LA up until he got traded. So he gets traded to the Baltimore Ravens. And then pretty shortly after that was when, of course, there was the big trade that everybody knows about where Jalen Ramsey got traded from the Jaguars for two first round picks and a future fourth round pick. And The results have been very interesting so far because so far, I mean, obviously we're not going to truly know who wins, you know, these trades until a couple years from now with the Jaguars having future draft picks. But as of right now, the Rams have definitely had it on the worst end. I mean, Marcus Peters has been playing very well since he got to Baltimore. He had another interception in this game and, I think Jalen Ramsey is aware of that. And I think people have been talking about that. And I I guess, and supposedly when Marcus Peters got his interception, I didn't get to watch the game, but I guess he like ran along the Ram sideline and was like yelling at Jalen or something. So that's what caused this post-game confrontation. But so I'm going to let Connor, we got a little like one minute compilation video here. So I guess Marcus Peters here is hugging a one of the Rams coaches that I guess was probably like one of his mentors or something. And then Ramsey comes up and if you'll just pause it real quick here, I mean, you can see just like, even in the very beginning, Jalen Ramsey already is not, he's trying to like look tough, I guess, but he's not off to a you know good start here because he has his helmet <laughs> on while Marcus Peters doesn't. Yeah, I mean, you look you look really bold when you're walking up to somebody with a helmet on when the other person doesn't have a helmet on. And then, but this is I guess what I just this was one of the parts that I coming up here that I just thought to be so funny because like all these articles I read were definitely clickbaiting. I mean, even the title of this video here, like Jalen Ramsey keeps trying to fight. Like, so go ahead and click play again. Like, like oh yeah, he's really trying to fight him here, you know? Oh. I mean, good thing those two guys were holding him back because he would have got in there and done some damage. (laughs) And you could tell, like, looking at his teammates, like, they know he's not going to do anything. Like, they're all just kind of looking back at him like, okay, come on, you know, whatever, dude, like. And the thing about all this is too, before it goes on to the next clip is, Oh, well, here it is right here. Like, Oh, he's, Oh man. It's like, he's like, Oh, I'm not, I refuse to go to the locker room. I, I want to fight him. But here comes number 41. Just kind of like, you know, get out of my way. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm trying to get the locker room. But the thing about this man is it's like your team just got torched 40. It was 45 to six. I mean, this game wasn't even close. Like, there was there were no like standout performers from the Rams in this game. Every, everybody was bad. I mean, I don't know. And I'm not really like a big fan of Marcus Peters per se personally, but I mean, this this type of stuff though is just, is making me happier as a Jags fan that we got rid of him and were able to get a couple first round picks for him because. While I definitely miss the talent that he brings to the table as a corner, I I don't miss stuff like this. I mean, this is just annoying. It's like me and Zach played and Matt in a regular season game a few days ago and he beat me thirty-eight to zero. But I mean, obviously we're family, like we're not gonna like hate each other or anything, but the last thing I was gonna do after I lose a game thirty-eight to zero is start talking more smack. Like you like, I had no ground. I got dominated in every facet of the game. I would have looked like a huge idiot if I was like, oh, Zach, you just got lucky, or the game was glitchy, and, <laughs> you know, like, making up excuses, or, like, you know, whatever. Like, oh, you insulted me, like, so I want to fight you. I mean, I don't know, dude. Like, this,
1: this stuff is just annoying. Yeah, you know it- we- We be getting clips of Eric doing stuff like that. Yeah, be like
0: Susan's holding me back. Uh, Good thing Susan was holding me back, or I would have gotten my car and drove to Florida. You
1: know,
0: (laughs) (laughs) like I I mean, this just looks so childish on his part. I mean, I don't know. I like I said, I miss his talent, but I don't miss this. Like, as a Jags fan, I'm glad that we moved on from him. Connor, do you have anything else to? uh, I mean.
1: Yeah, I mean the
0: heated confrontation. I mean,
1: I mean, in a way, it's like it's hurting. I mean, I know better than anyone, being a Steelers fan, what drama can do to a team. I mean, you know, we had to deal with that last year with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. So this is obviously not good for the Rams. I'm sure. I'm sure the Jaguars are laughing right now at the Rams, like, you know, oh, you just gave us two first round picks, and now you have to deal with him. You know, and we don't have to deal with his drama or anything. And we have these draft picks. So, I mean, it's just silly. Like, you know, Ramsey, I've always thought that he was, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. That he's just completely out of his out of line or out of his league a lot when he tries to talk smack about everybody. Like, even when they're getting destroyed, it seems like before every game, no matter what the team's record is, he's still like trying to talk smack about how bad people are. And, you know, it'd be okay if he would go out there and actually back up what he says. But somewhere probably around half the time, he doesn't actually back up what he says. And he ends up looking like a fool, like he is in this game. So, I mean, good for the Jaguars so far. Hopefully they can parlay those draft picks into somebody, you know, somebody that uh, good for the future. And Please. I'm, sure, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure the Rams <laughs> are maybe thinking, you know, everything they can do to possibly trade him or do something with him next year because i don't know if the rams are going to want to keep ramsey around
0: the problem the rams are kind of screwed right now honestly because even if i mean maybe if they can trade him and get some compensation back it won't be as bad but like now you either i mean most likely they're going to extend him because they're not going to be they're not first of all they're not going to want to refuse to admit that they lost the trade and then second of all like you don't just give up two first round picks and then
1: yeah and then just immediately trade the guy away
0: yeah or or let him walk in free agency I mean so I don't know man but honestly I'm happy about this because obviously I mean I've always been cool with the Rams like my uncle Mike likes them my friend Red likes them but since they traded two first round picks to the Jags I've been kind of rooting for them to lose every game so (laughs) I'm totally fine with this I hope They keep having problems and lose to Arizona next week. Like, you know, let's go. So, (laughs) uh, before I let Connor take over, I just got a notification that Duke lost. So, yes,
1: I was I was gonna say that before we got into the next one. Uh, Stephen F. Austin
0: shocking update here, man. We already had Kentucky lose to Evansville, and now Duke falls to Stephen F. Austin. So that's a Crazy start to the college basketball season. I know we'll be talking about this more as uh, you know it gets closer to March Madness and stuff. I'm sure we'll be talking a lot more college basketball then. So, yeah, great win for Stephen at Boston. And I'm Connor on a scale of one to ten. How happy are you feeling about this? <laughs> uh, if there was a scale
1: higher than ten, uh, I would be that right now. 100. <laughs> yes. Always love uh, seeing Duke go down, you know, I've always laughed at the fact that, you know, they're notorious for losing in the early rounds of the NCAA tournament, like when they lost to Lehigh, and I have a funny memory of when I was in high school, it was my sophomore year of high school, and one of my friends and I, like, we were both UNC fans, and we were in English class, it was the last class of the day, and the teacher was pretty chill, like, we didn't do a whole lot in that class, so... He and I were just sitting in the back of the classroom with the ESPN game cast on for the game against Mercer. And we're just like sitting there like cheering for Mercer, like, come on, Mercer, like y'all can do it. Let's go. You're gonna pull this upset off. And the teacher at the front of the class is just looking at us, like, what are y'all like getting so excited about? Like, I have no idea what's going on. But <laughs> and we were all like, Yes, they lost to Mercer. They lost to another crappy team in the first round of the tournament again. <laughs> so oh, oh. <laughs> so but i mean hopefully unc doesn't turn around and lose to alabama tomorrow so because that'd also be pretty embarrassing but not quite as embarrassing as this
0: Connor and i were talking off the air too that like alabama was a nine point favorite going into that game like man i would i would be like i'm not really a gambler like i'll risk a few bucks here and there but like that's tempting to drop a lot of money on that game but <laughs> like alabama this isn't football right they know it's college basketball right not college football right I don't yeah. know, but.
1: well and we, and we were talking about how like you know even if unc were to lose that game they're only going to lose by like two or three like it's they won't lose by nine they're, they're not going
0: to get blown out by alabama i mean that's just crazy but anyway so connor's got some college talk here and when he told me about these topics they sounded really fascinating to me, so I'm going to let him take over and do his thing here and drop some cool ideas on you guys.
1: Yeah, so it is uh, college football playoff time. There is officially, well, there's one more week of the regular season left in college football. A lot of big games coming up this week. Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, Auburn, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Minnesota, Wisconsin, a lot of ranked teams doing against ranked teams. And so, and we're getting down to the nitty gritty when it comes to the college football playoff. On the screen here, this is last week's rankings. So they've been updated for this week. Ohio State has actually jumped in front of LSU to be the number one team. LSU dropped to number two, which Eric and I were talking about. I'm not sure why Ohio State jumped over LSU. I mean, I get that they beat Penn State, but I mean, Penn State also lost to Minnesota. So they're not that good in my opinion and Ohio State was also at home for that game. And if you compare LSU and Ohio State, you know, LSU's strength of schedule and strength of record are better than Ohio State and they're even on beating uh top 25 teams. Like LSU has beaten Alabama, Florida and Auburn and then Ohio State has beaten Penn State, Wisconsin and Cincinnati, which just hearing those team names, I mean, the LSU's wins against those teams are also more impressive wins, in my opinion. I mean, they'd be Alabama for crying out loud. I mean, nobody rarely ever beats Alabama. So, and Tua was playing in that game, don't forget, and it was in Tuscaloosa. So, I'm giving LSU full credit for that win. So, but anyway, so not sure about that, but Ohio State has jumped to number one, LSU number two. The only other difference on this list here would be Oregon has dropped out of the top 10 down to number 14, Penn state dropped down to number 10 and Baylor jumped up into the number nine spot. Everybody else moved up. So Utah moved up to six, Oklahoma up to seven and Minnesota up to eight. So now we talked about this last week about scenarios getting into the college football playoff, whether it's going to be, you know, what are the chances that Alabama has the chances of Utah, Oklahoma, and Minnesota, I was hearing a lot of people talk about that Oregon losing actually opens things up a lot more for Oklahoma and Baylor now, considering that they're ranked seven and nine instead of like nine and 14. So there could be some shifting there, but if you notice there's one common theme out of all these teams that we're talking about for the college football playoff is that they're all power five conference teams. They're all from, you know, the ACC, the PAC 12, big 10, big 12 and sec. And the highest-ranked group of five team, I believe, right now is Memphis at 18. So, obviously, no chance to make the college football playoff. And that's one thing I want to discuss is that this idea of possibly restructuring the college football playoff to where you can allow at least one of the group of five teams in. Because right now, they do have a clause where the highest-ranked conference champion – They have to be a conference champion. Highest-ranked conference champion, group of five team, gets a berth in one of the New York Six Bowl games. Like, this year it would be the Cotton Bowl. I'm not sure if they switch that around, depending on the year. But, I mean, I'm sure they do, depending on what the CFP games are. But if they have, like, you know, every time other than that, it's the Cotton Bowl. I'm not sure. But that's their rule. That's their clause. And so, but it seems like, you know, every year even if these group of five teams go undefeated like UCF did the past two seasons, it seems like they have no chance to get into the college football playoff, which I will say is probably warranted. I mean, I know UCF after 2017 was going and hanging national championship banners in their stadium, which I'm sorry, Nate, but that's really dumb. (laughs) Like you, when you have a strength of schedule, that's like 119th out of 137 or whatever. And you're, and like, yeah, you beat Auburn in the bowl game, but Auburn at that point didn't care anymore because they needed to. They lost to Alabama, and that dashed their playoff hopes. So they didn't really care at that point. <clears throat> so I don't see how you can justify a national championship banner. And then certainly last year, I mean, there was no room for them to get in because every team in the college football playoff except for Oklahoma was un- also undefeated, and they were from better conferences. But I do agree that there probably should be a way for them to get in the college football playoff. And I know we've talked about in the past how it seems like the selection committee kind of devalues conference championships a lot more than they should. Like, you know how Penn state didn't get in the year they won the big 10 and beat Ohio state. They somehow gave it to Ohio state that year. I, I still, Oh, I will always be baffled by that. But then, you know, the next season between Alabama and Ohio State, Alabama wasn't the SEC champ, and Ohio State was the Big Ten champion, but they put Alabama in instead. So I've come up with, I've heard this scenario once, and I kind of like the idea of structuring the college football playoff like this. I know there's some people that have talked about expanding it to like 16 teams, which seems like a bit too much to me, at least for right now. So, But this scenario would be, it would increase the number of teams to 8. So, and the way it would work is I'm not sure exactly how the seeding would work for the top 5, but the top 5 spots would basically be every Power 5 conference, the conference champion would get the spot. So, it doesn't matter if, you know, there's if one conference champion is like 9 and 3 overall, they're still getting that spot because they won one of the power five conferences. So that would be the top five seeds. Then the sixth seed would be kind of like what they have now with, you know, the highest ranked group of five conference champion gets to the cotton bowl, at least this year. Well, that would be the sixth seed, the highest ranked group of five conference champion gets the sixth seed. So this year, that's basically going to be either Memphis or Cincinnati. Most likely if things go awry, Boise State and Appalachian State are also still in the running for that. But at least it would give those teams a chance to get in and compete. And then the seven and eight would be two at large bids. So, like, you know, if you have someone probably in today's college football world and another SEC team who didn't win, the, like Alabama this year, you know, they would get that at large bid probably because they're not going to be the conference champion but likely their record would probably still be good enough to get them in at this at-large bid for 7 and 8. So that is the overall structure, and it gives everyone a chance to compete. It's something that I've always liked about college basketball with the tournament. I know you can't do the tournament in football because that would just be way too much and you know too strenuous on the teams and not enough time, but I've always loved the tournament because you know literally at the start of the season, anyone, anyone, any team has a chance to go and win the March Madness crown. Do Has there been a group of five team that's, you know, a team outside the Power 5 that's ever won? No. Not, not since Villanova. But it doesn't happen very often. But it's still there's still that chance, where there's not that chance at all in college football. So, now, the other caveat that would have to go with this would be you would have to – there's been a lot of talk about – People against expanding the group of teams because oh well you'd have to increase the schedule. Like you'd have to go like another week, which they can't do. Because as of right now, you have the semifinals are on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. It seems like they switch that half the time, but New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, and then the national championship takes place a week later on January eighth. So my suggestion would be you don't have to add any weeks to the season, you know, still the standard fifteen week schedule. But kind of incorporate more bowl games into the college football playoff. Because it seems like, you know, in college football, if you're a 500 team, you pretty much get to a bowl game. And there's 41 bowl games now, which, and I don't know how Eric feels about this, but it seems a little bit ridiculous to me that you can have 41 bowl games and you'll have these six and six teams that are getting into bowl games. Yeah, I
0: mean, it, it's too many games. I mean, the usually those bowl games between, like, six and six versus seven and five teams are, like...
1: The bad Hoover boy bowl. mower's gas gorilla
0: bowl. Yeah, like the, the Hoover vacuum bowl, you know, like... <laughs> you know, <laughs> All these, these weird names. These bowl games that, like, you know, mean nothing. I mean, it's... I don't know. For, I mean, I'm glad that there's a lot so that, you know, a lot of teams can get to play in a game, but like 41 games, I mean, that's 82 teams. I mean, when there's like a hundred something, you know, that are in the like main group of teams. I mean, that means like almost, that means like over 75% of the teams are like getting to, you know, play in a game. That, it's as a long little, as you
1: don't really suck.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like just win half and you get in, you know, like, I, I don't know. It's, it's definitely too much. I I would definitely be fine if they
1: lowered it down. Yeah. So, Basically, my thought would be, because the bowl games start on December 16th, like it goes until, you know, for actually the college football national championships actually on January 13th. So my suggestion would be either what you could do here is that you could either that you could just incorporate other bowl games that are maybe earlier, you can still have the New Year's, you know, six bowl games for the semifinals and everything. You can still have the date for the national championship but some of the earlier bowl games that maybe not as prestigious or just earlier could serve as these like quarterfinals where you have four games going and that's how you determine who it. So that way the teams still have a week off to go to the new year's bowl game. And then they still have a week off to go to the national championship. And so that way you're not expanding the schedule, you know, which is one of the criticisms that's come out. It's still within the system. Yeah. They're having to play one more game, but I mean, you know, they're, they're they're fine. They can handle it. If they want to go to the NFL, they're going to have to deal with 16 games anyway. So, you know. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, that's my thought on what I think the college football playoffs should be and if maybe they should adopt a new system. I don't know. I'll let Eric uh, share his thoughts on what he thinks.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm in agreement with this 100%. I mean, because every year, you no matter what happens, you're always going to have – at least one conference champion that doesn't get in you know and then if there's a you know scenario that could like possibly happen this year like let's say Georgia beats LSU or even if they don't and like Alabama gets in like if Georgia or Alabama gets in at that fourth spot then you're going to have two conference champions that don't get in so I like this idea a lot better because I like the idea of having all five conference champions get in. And then also I like the idea of, you know, one of the, you know, group of five conferences also getting in. And then that way that settles the problem of like, you know, these teams never getting a chance kind of a thing. And, you know, then out of all the other teams, the two best remaining teams get in at the seventh and eighth spots. I mean, I, I think that that is perfect. Because and then at the end, you know, you have these three right, you know, you have the quarterfinals, the semifinals, and the finals. And then that really can if you win all three of those, then you have proven that you deserved to get to be the national champion. So like then there's no doubt about it. So I I think this would be great if they would consider doing this. And you know, and like and like Connor said too, I mean, you could you know, have the national championship game be on the, you know, around the twelfth through fourteenth, depending on, you know, the every year I know the weekdays change or whatever, but you know, have that be somewhere from the twelfth through the fourteenth. And then you could even maybe do the you could probably do the semifinal game like the week before. And then like Connor said, sometime in the earlier part of the ball games, that's when you would have the quarterfinal. Games And it would make that time of year a lot more exciting, too, because, you know, these teams play their conference championship games, you know, the first, like, either like the last weekend of November or like the, well, I guess. Well, it's,
1: the, uh, it's, it's December, December 3rd to 15th.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, like, these teams are going to be playing their conference championship games, like, early December, And then you don't see any of these elite teams again for over two weeks. Well, in the meantime, you're getting treated, you know, no offense to these teams, but you're getting, you know, a bowl game between, like, Middle Tennessee State and BYU or something. And, I mean, the makers wanted
1: Bahamas Bowl.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's good, you know, good for these teams for having a, you know, a decent season and getting to play in a game. But most people don't know who these teams are or, like, who any of their players are. You know, unless they have like a standout player that's going to go into the draft or something like, you know, but instead, if if you have that, you know, time slot for, you know, obviously these rankings aren't, you know, fully the same. But say it was like LSU versus Utah in a playoff game. That's way more exciting. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, tell me which would you rather watch, you know, on a December 14th night? Would you rather watch? BYU versus Middle Tennessee State or would you rather watch LSU versus Utah in a playoff game when it goes to the semifinals like give me the playoff game all day so I would love if they could incorporate this I always thought the expansion from two to four wasn't enough and I think as Connor said as well I think going beyond eight would be too much but I think eight is just right so I great topic Connor I, I enjoyed that and I am in I'm in full agreement with you.
1: Yay. I got one vote. So now the second part of what I was going to talk about was I was going to talk about since, you know, these group of five teams hardly have any chance at all to actually get into the college football playoff, was thinking about an idea of, you know, a system where teams can move up conferences and possibly even move up divisions. So I'm basing this off the Premier League. So basically, the way it works in the Premier League, I'm not sure if this works on other in other soccer leagues or not. But how it works in the Premier League is the Premier League basically has like a Division A and a Division B, which Division B is like called something different, but it, it's a different league. And so what happens every year is the top 4 teams in the Premier League they all get a chance the next season to play in the big European Cup, like the UEFA. The UEFA Champions League, that's the big championship between all the best teams in Europe. And so the top four teams go to that. But then at the bottom of the league, basically the three worst teams in the league, they get relegated to Division B. And then the top three teams in Division B play their next season in the Premier League. So they get a chance to play with the better teams and prove themselves. And, you know, and if they can keep winning, they'll stick around and, you know, they'll, they'll never have to go back unless they start sucking again. So that was something I was going to try and think of with the uh, NCAA football is that because you have these teams such as Rutgers, for example, that, you know, right now they're two and seven, pretty sure they're averaging like 70 passing yards a game something horrible easy and yeah right and they're playing in like you know they're an easy win they'd be an easy win for most of the group of five conference teams honestly and they're out here playing in the big 10 and it's like you know where then you have teams like Appalachian State that you know is winning a little bit of bias here but they're winning three straight conference championships and four straight bowl games and they're still stuck in the Sun Belt conference when teams like Rutgers are getting spots in the Big 10. So, I'm um, this is I haven't come up with too much of a system of how this would work, but just a little bit of a framework. You know, have these teams like Appalachian State or UCF or Cincinnati or Memphis that are playing really well and give them chances to move up into the Big 10 or the ACC or the SEC. And then relegate teams like Rutgers or maybe this season, like Northwestern or Northwestern is usually oh. OK, but like this season, they're not very good. Northwestern, Syracuse this season, Kansas, especially in football, is never good. So Arkansas. <laughs> what? I said Arkansas. Yeah. And Arkansas, who hasn't won an SEC. I think, what did we say? They were on like a 15 game SEC losing streak or something. Yeah like a 15-game conference losing
0: streak, I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah, So, or Vanderbilt is also a good example for the SEC right now. So just put something in place like that. And then also, you know, there's teams like North Dakota State in the FCS that are undefeated right now, or like North Carolina A&T, or Alcorn State that are consistently good. But again, they never get a chance in the FBS. So then maybe you can relegate teams like South Alabama or... I don't know, like New Mexico, Akron, maybe relegate some of those teams to the FCS and bring some of these other really good FCS teams, give them a chance in like the Conference USA or the Sun Belt and start, you know, building their reputation. And so that way, you know, you can keep the best teams at the top and, you know, give these teams in the Sun Belt, like Appalachian State, an incentive to really work hard and really do well. Because who knows what could happen if Appalachian State got a chance in the ACC. Do I think they'd win right away? No. I think, you know, they'd probably end up being where Syracuse is right now to start with. But they—sorry, Phil, if you're listening to this podcast that I'm ripping on Syracuse. But (laughs) they're not very good this year. But, you know, at least give them a chance to prove themselves. And who knows if they could do well. You know, sometimes these teams come out of nowhere— and all of a sudden start doing well. I mean, when Appalachian State made the transition from, FBS, or from FCS to FBS, I mean, look what they've done. Like I just said, three straight conference championships and four straight bowl games over a five-year span. I mean, that's crazy to think about, but who's to say that a team like UCF or Cincinnati, who's been playing at you know the highest level for this long, can't do well in a major conference? Now, the other thing that would have to come into play with these... Uh, conference moves is certain teams would have to be, I guess, connected to certain conference or other like maybe group of five conferences are connected to Big Five conferences. So like for example, with UCF, they maybe the American Conference is connected to the ACC or the SEC because that's where UCF is already located. So that way you're not having a situation where UCF or Appalachian State is moving into the Pac-12 and they're on the other side of the country. So that way you could have like you know the Mountain West could be connected to the Pac-12, the American to the SEC, the Sun Belt to the ACC or or maybe the Big 12 actually for the Sun Belt, and then like the Conference USA for the ACC and the MAC for the Big 10, something like that. So that way teams can stay where they are and not have to start traveling super long distances to play their conference games. But I think it would be good just to increase, again, like give motivation to these teams that are in the group of five conferences to actually win and think that their winning is going to go towards something rather than just, oh, I'm getting to play in the, like in App State's case, we're getting to play in the New Orleans Bowl every year because that's the bowl that the Sun Belt champion gets to go to. Like whoop-de-doo, we're playing in the New Orleans Bowl every year maybe we'd actually want to try and have an opportunity to play in the Cotton Bowl or the Orange Bowl, or even like the Gator Bowl, you know, not, not one of the major bowl games, but one of the more prestigious bowl games every year. So that was the other college football topic. I'll let Eric share his opinion on this subject as well. Yeah, this is this topic. When Connor brought
0: this up, just like really fascinated me. It's something I had never thought about, but in my opinion, this is a great idea that I would love to see happen one day. Unfortunately, like with both of the two topics, this is the one that unfortunately though, like probably I would be surprised if this ever happens. Yeah. Or but, at least
1: like within the next, you know, 10 years or whatever. Years, whereas like at least within the
0: next few years, like, you know, the college football expanding the playoff to eight teams could be a possibility. But this is something that I would like for more people to talk about. And you know, possibly bring into a thing because another point going into this, like Connor kept mentioning, you know, giving, you know, teams like App State and UCF, like giving them, you know, giving these teams a chance. Well, in addition to that, on the flip side, it also would let teams in the bigger conferences know like, Hey, we're not playing around. If you want to keep your spot in here, you're going to have to start playing better. You know, so for these teams like Rutgers and Arkansas, who have constantly been terrible these last couple of years, you know, it could be a message to them saying, Hey, you keep going two and 10 every year, you're going to drop down to the Conference USA or the Sun Belt. I don't think those teams would want that. I think it would give them incentive as well, you know, to step up their game, step up their recruiting and get better so that they essentially don't get demoted to a lower conference. You know what I mean? So it could I think it would work in addition to motivating the teams in the smaller conferences to give them a chance. I think it would motivate the teams in the power five conferences as well, or the big five, whatever they're called. I Yeah I'm Power a, Five. <laughs> power five. Okay, I see. I'm you can tell I'm not as big of a <laughs> college sports person as Connor and Zach and Nate are. But I mean I I thought it was a fascinating topic I had never even considered this or thought of this but if there was somehow some way for this to be possible I think this would be great for college football and I hope this is something that starts getting discussed soon and you know maybe you know some you know something can get going in the works here I I would be I would be thrilled with that I mean for me as a person who's very very casual when it comes to college football it would probably it would draw me in a little more I think you know especially because like Mm -hmm. I'm a Tennessee fan and you know they've had their struggles too so it would be making me I'd be like wanting to call the school be like hey uh if y'all could start getting better so that (laughs) it demoted
1: you know you don't get kicked
0: (laughs) out of the SEC (laughs) yeah I don't want to be kicked out of the SEC like come on which they are having a better resurgence they've ended the year on a good note but so like if it was if this scenario was already happening Tennessee wouldn't be getting dropped but it sure looked like they would have at the beginning of the year when they lost their first two games
1: Georgia to, State, lo- BYU. to Georgia State
0: and BYU yeah so but so i give them credit for playing better but yeah it, it, this is a fascinating topic man i'm glad you brought it up and you know if you're listening to this you know just let us know like you know with both of these topics you know would you want to see an 8 team playoff and if so how would you you know, plan it or how would you make it work? Or if you disagree and think it should stay the same, let us know why. And then same with this topic. I mean, I think this was a great idea. So I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on it. So, And with that being said, we're going to move into the final topic here. So I wanted to give a little update on the NBA season, how things are going so far. I've seen a lot of people giving their like most surprising and most disappointing teams and things like that. And at first I thought it was a little too early because some of these people, some people were doing this just, you know, five, six, seven games into the season. And to me, I thought that was a little too early. Like I know there was one year not too long ago where the magic were eight and two to start the season, but then they finished the season like 20 and 62 or something like that. So I'm sure Zach I try remembers not to that. <laughs> I know Zach Yeah, Zach, Zach was probably super excited after that 10th game when they were 8 and 2. But,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but
0: so that's why I try not to I try to wait a little further into the season. But now that we're a little now that the season's made some progress, I wanted to share my thoughts and Connor and I will we'll just kind of go through these one at a time and give our reasoning for each. So the first one is going to be the most surprising team in our opinion, and for me, I have to go with the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, I could have easily thrown them into what I got wrong as well because I just really did not think the Mavericks were going to be any good this year. I think we all did. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, there I I saw some people saying they were because they were they were saying, oh, Kristaps Porzingis is going to help them, and what, but I. Well, at and, least between like us three, you, me, and Zach. Yeah, I mean between between his lengthy injury that he had, I just I don't know. I mean, I didn't think he was going to be the same player, but which I mean, he's not. He's doing good, but Luka Doncic. I don't. even I feel bad because I don't even fully know how to pronounce his last name properly, but he is lighting it up right now, and I. Give him a lot of credit. The Mavericks are playing well as a team overall. They have – I believe they're 12-4 and right now. They're they're doing very well. So I I give a shout-out to the Mavericks, uh, Texas team. You know, let's – I guess – I I don't mind the Spurs. Rockets are the one I'm not huge on, but uh, James Harden. But anyway, uh, (laughs) uh, I mean, he was a Thunder guy. You know, he was on my Thunder for a while, so I'm not mad at him, but I just – I don't like the way James Harden plays basketball. I might talk about that in a future video, but for one of my topics, but, but anyway, most surprising team for me so far, the Mavericks and Connor's got the Raptors here. I'll let him explain
1: his pick on that. Yeah. So I got the Toronto Raptors. They going into the season, nobody really had too high expectations for them. After Kawhi, after Kawhi Leonard left, I mean, we had Zach and I. Actually, I think Eric and I had them in third, and Zach had them fourth in their division. So the fact that they've come out and started the season 12 and four with no Kawhi Leonard, you know, Kyle Lowry is supposed to be the man running the show now, and we, you all know how we feel about Kyle Lowry here at uh, Clutch Crew Sports, but <laughs> especially Zach. <laughs> yes, yeah, especially Zach but there has been no milk cartons uh, so far this season. The Toronto Raptors are 12 and four and Kyle Lowry. And I'm not sure how Pascal Siakam is doing. Is he doing like a good job? I mean, I, I think he's doing a pretty yeah,
0: good. He, he's having a solid year. Van Bleet's doing pretty well, I believe. Yeah.
1: Van, Van Bleet was going to be the other one that I mentioned is like kind of that tandem with Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Bleet has really been a good, uh good thing for the Toronto Raptors. Um, and I mean, actually, just the other night, I think this was on Monday. Uh, this was yesterday, actually. I'm just reading that the Toronto Raptors actually managed to hold Joel Embiid to zero points for the first time in his career, so which is wow. pretty impressive if you can that's, hold Joel Embiid. <laughs> that's pretty amazing. I
0: shout out to the Raptors for that one. They're all, they've always been one of those teams that I've kind of. Like secretly liked. Uh I'm happy for them that they've had continued success so far, even with Kawhi Leonard gone. So uh, shout out to both the Mavericks and the Raptors. And then most disappointing for me, I'm sure Zach will agree with this. Portland Trailblazers have not had a good start to the season at all. It's been very surprising. They were... I would say probably a sleeper team for a lot of people to win the West. I mean, the West is a very tough conference, but I mean, they got to the conference finals last year. And then now with golden state having KV gone and clay injured and, you know, going into the season, you know, it looked like the window was, you know, open for them to maybe have it even with both of the LA teams getting better. Like it looked like it was going to be a, Good chance for Portland to get back in there and maybe do some more damage, but they have not been playing well. The season is still early though, so I even though I have them as my most disappointing, I'm not you know saying they're not going to make the playoffs or anything. I mean, there's still a long way to go, but this is a very surprising start for them though, to say the least.
1: Yeah, I mean, the I'm surprised too, and then for me, with most disappointing, I'm sure everybody knows. The Golden State Warriors, I mean, I know a lot of people projected them. They were like, oh, like, don't sleep on the Warriors. Don't sleep on the Warriors. Like, they still got Steph, and they still got Draymond, and, you know, they're going to get Clay back at some point this season. And, you know, they picked up D'Angelo Russell, so they were like, okay, you know, don't sleep on the Warriors. Well, unfortunately for Golden State fans, this dynasty has just come crashing down. I mean, literally crashing down. The Warriors are the... They're even worse than the Knicks right now when it comes to their record, which is pretty bad. And then also the fact that I know they're not being helped by the fact that I don't know. I have looked at a, a couple of their last few games and like Draymond Green and D'Angelo Russell both haven't played due to some injuries. But I'm wondering like how real those injuries are if they're just kind of like sitting them on the bench because they know they've already given up on this season because Steph is out for the year and. I mean, if Clay does end up coming, I don't know if Clay's going to actually come back this season now nah. because what's yeah, the point?
0: I guess, yeah, if if they were still like 500 or maybe in the, like in the playoff hunt, he probably would, but I'm sure they're telling a man, take your time, take your time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure.
1: So, you know, make sure that ACL is fully healed. So, yeah, I don't think anybody saw this coming. Like, I... I know, I think again, like Eric and I were the ones, we had them in third place in our picks. So, like, I think we were more skeptical than some of the NBA analysts because, like, I mentioned earlier, they were all like, don't sleep on Golden State. Like, they're still a good team. I'm sure Zach probably didn't, was the most wanted because he actually picked them to get second in the division. So, obviously, now it's looking like they're going to probably end up being the worst team in basketball. So, I, wa- I do want to give them a small shout out because thanks to them, it won't be the Hornets so all right.
0: You know, I mean, all right
1: i mean th- th- thanks to the Knicks too, 'cause because they still suck but you know yeah and my my thunder have beaten them twice
0: so you know well i'm still probably gonna need to eat that taco you know oh, yeah. thanks to the couple early victories over golden state you know i may not have to eat the taco as fast <laughs>
1: yeah we, yeah eric and i you know the hornets and the thunder are still somewhat in the hunt right now but uh I'm we're sure like later. both
0: <laughs> below 500, but at least we're not like three and 15. So yeah, you know. we're all
1: we're all like the uh. I think Charlotte's would be the 10th seed in the East, and yeah, they're both 10 seeds. Yeah, I right
0: think now. I, I think that's where OKC is
1: too. So yeah. hey, two spots below a playoff spot. Let's let's go. You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're not eating that taco yet, but we might be coming out with that at uh, some point. That video
0: may still come out. Yeah, I don't, you know, just stay tuned for that. But <laughs> uh, moving on to what we've gotten right so far so for me what I've gotten right is I know I'm sure a lot of people did but I predicted that the Knicks were going to be terrible and it's been happening I mean a lot of I did see the reason why I picked this though because some people might say well that's obvious but I before the season started I saw a lot of people on Twitter whether it. You know, a lot of them were Knicks fans. So, of course, you're going to be, you know, you're going to think your team is going to be better. You have that optimism in you. But I saw a lot of other people, too, that were saying, well, yeah, they didn't get, you know, any of the superstars, but they've still got a great cast. They've got a lot of good players. And they, you know, they got Julius Randle and they drafted RJ Barrett. And, you know, some of these other role players they got are going to be solid for them. And, I said, no, I'm like, they're, they're <laughs> not a good team. They're not any better than they were last year. They, the, which, and I don't mind seeing it. I don't like the Knicks. So <laughs> <laughs> I am totally okay with this, but at the same time, it is bad for the NBA because the Knicks are in that New York market, which is a huge market. And they, them, Being terrible has definitely not helped. I've been, I've heard a lot of, I've seen a lot of reports about the NBA viewership being way down this year. And that's something I might talk about in a near future topics video as to, you know, for some of the reasons why. But this is definitely one of them here, though, with, you know, you've got a team in one of your biggest markets who's arguably the worst team in the NBA. Because, yes, the Warriors have the worst record, but, you know, they've got, their two best players are out for the year and then their other two better players are not playing right now. So if the Warriors had their full squad, they would be doing way better than they are. So the Knicks are, I think overall top to bottom are probably the worst team and
1: I called it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we're still looking out for that, uh, Knicks Cavaliers, uh, NBA championship. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, I, I,
0: I, yeah, I did actually hear, a. Prediction before the season started that the Knicks and Cavs were both going to be really good, but they're neither of them are doing very well right now. But the Knicks, I I got this one right, so I'm I'm happy with my <laughs> performance there. Connor, what you got?
1: Um, yeah. So what I've gotten right so far is obviously we won't know if this lock will be will come to fruition till the very end of the year, but I know. I don't remember the reaction that Eric had to this, but I know Zach had a big reaction to this when I locked that Giannis Antetokounmpo, love that name, would uh, be winning the MVP award for the second consecutive year. And as it stands right now, I mean, the Bucks are in first place in the East right now. I mean, it was the Celtics for a little bit, but the Celtics started to slip a little bit. So the Bucks are now number one in the East, which I also predicted them to win the NBA championship. So... That's good, making me look good right now. And Giannis is, you know, he's playing at a Giannis level. I think he's second behind only James Harden in points per game right now. He's, I think, fifth in rebounds per game. And, I mean, he's been the reason why, or at least one of the main reasons why they've been winning right now because the Bucks have been without Chris Middleton, their other big star for, you know, quite a few games at this point, And <clears throat> so they've not been having to rely on Giannis. His three-point shooting is still not to where a lot of people have hoped it would be. He's only shooting 30% behind the arc, which is a okay number, but it's definitely not to where everybody thought that he could get his development up to. So, but yeah, I mean, along with I've... Obviously, people don't really have rankings of, you know, who's the most likely MVP candidate right now and who's leading the race because we're still so early in the season. But, I mean, basically right now it's between Giannis... LeBron, which I don't think LeBron's going to be able to keep it up, if I'm being honest. I mean, he's played some of his best basketball here recently, but I mean, I'm sure Eric will agree with me that I don't think he's going to be able to keep it up.
0: I would be surprised. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So, but yeah, Giannis, LeBron, and then of course, James Harden's always in the talk and uh, Luka Doncic right now. So we'll see how it goes, but I'm on the right track with this right now. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and when you said uh, about the reaction to Giannis winning the MVP as your lock, I mean, I would obviously wouldn't have gone that far, but I also did predict that Giannis was going to win MVP as well. So I know Zach definitely had more of a reaction to that than I did, but we will uh, we'll see how the rest of the season goes, and then finally with uh, what we've gotten wrong uh, for me, it was the heat, and I know a lot of people were you know, really excited for them when they brought in Jimmy Butler. And obviously that's a great move. And, you know, he's been a key reason to, you know, why they're off to a good start. But I, I didn't think that was going to be enough to propel them per se. And I was wrong on that. And I would definitely admit it. They did have a pretty bad loss the other day, but even still, despite that they're 12 and four. So they're doing really well. I, I had to give credit to them. We'll see if they, you know, can sustain this success going forward. But the Heat are having a
1: good season
0: and I got that one wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then the thing I got wrong was I was trying to be optimistic. I don't know if I was doing it for Eric's sake or maybe because I really thought this, but I was predicting that, you know, There was a couple teams that in all these divisions that we were all unanimous like as to who was going to be the worst. Like we all had the Knicks in last, we all had the Hornets in last, the Grizzlies, the Suns. Which the Suns have been a big surprise actually. We didn't talk about them, but but then we thought the other consensus was going to be that OKC was going to be last in the Northwest, and I was like, no, I think the Timberwolves are worse. Unfortunately. For Eric, that has not come true. The Timberwolves are actually 9-8 and eight right now. It's a better start than I thought they would have had. I mean, because I guess I thought that their only weapon at all was Carl Anthony Towns, which, I mean, I know Carl Anthony Towns has done most of the work for them, but I didn't think it would translate into a 9-8 and eight record to start the season. I mean, Andrew Wiggins is also playing solid, and who knows where this team's going to go, and who knows if they're going to be able to keep it up or if they're going to drop off or if OKC is going to find a team and get better back in front of them. So I'm not wrong on this, but um, this is definitely something I've gotten wrong so far.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm normally I would be like, Oh man, that sucks. But I, for me, like I'm fine if the Thunder don't have a good year this year, because I know they're, they have low expectations and they've got a lot of draft capital coming up. So, you know, I had zero expectations for OKC going into the season. So I was, I'm not too upset by this, but yeah, man. So I hope you guys all enjoyed listening to these topics. I know I especially found Connors, both of his topics, very intriguing. So I hope you guys liked it. I hope you liked our NBA update and watching Jalen Ramsey be a clown. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that, yeah, watch it, man. It's such, like I said, man. It's a good thing those two guys got in the way of him, because that could have been another, <laughs> that could have been another Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph situation right there. But you know, thank God for those two coaches that got in the way. But anyway, uh, obviously uh, sarcasm there, but yeah, Connor, I had a lot of fun doing this. Although I, I will agree, I will say, I don't know about you, but it was weird not having
1: Zach in this. <laughs> yeah, quite weird considering that out of. How many episodes are we on now? Like 40 something? And this is the first yeah, I know, I know one that, Zach, that Zach hasn't at, been in? I
0: know we're not at 50 yet, but we're get, we're at like 44 or 46 or something like that. I, it's a lot. I'm glad Zach's been keeping track of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's been in every single one except for this one. So quite, uh, quite odd. But it was fun, though. <laughs> something yeah, different. We,
0: yeah it was good. I like I said I thought I thought we brought good topics to the table. hopefully uh, the listeners agreed and you know let us let us know what y'all thought of this episode and Zach will definitely be back for our next episode. We'll be doing another college football and NFL recap and update you know kind of deal. so we'll be looking forward to bringing that to you guys. so in the meantime y'all, uh, thanks for watching. Uh, Like I said before, you can find us on Twitter at Clutch Crew Sport. And we are on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, here on YouTube. We've got tons of Stitcher, I think. Uh, If it's a podcast network out there, I'm pretty sure we're on it. So you can find us. So just search Clutch Crew Sports and you'll find it. So thanks again, guys. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. Let us know what you did. Let us know how your turkey was. And have a great rest of your day.
1: Happy Thanksgiving, guys.
0: Peace.